Bible, get ready to receive. Amen. Praise the Lord. In fact, it was 45 years ago, right about now, when I preached my first sermon. It was at a church called North End Holiness. Y'all might remember that church. It turned into uh, Abundant Life, or is it Abundant Living? Abundant Life. Alfred Sadler was the pastor. It was over there behind the cemetery off of Main Street. And down that road, I forget the name of the street now, but it was way back in there. And David Thomas became the pastor eventually. friend of mine, we went to elementary school together. And now he's retired, and I think they have a new pastor there as well. But uh, it's always uh, a joy to remember things, and I'm kind of making some noise there and I've got several things here but I'm not always sure which one I want to use I always keep some illustrations around but uh, my mom was a good mother we lost her last September uh, she wasn't lost she was found she went to glory to be with Jesus and uh, she made it to her 90th birthday and, you know, she had diabetes, she had arthritis, she could not walk anymore, her knees, the cartilage was gone, basically, and, and uh, I appreciate Brother Steve back there, he doesn't bring a lot of attention to himself, but he worked uh, at the facilities over there where my mom stayed, he's one of the administrators, and, and uh, I appreciated the, that they took good care of her, and she never liked to miss lunch or dinner. You know, my mother was a fellowship person. She liked the fellowship, and she would get kind of where she would tell the other residents what to do. Sometimes she was a little bit bossy at times. She she bossed me around a little bit from time to time. She used to make me go get my own switch. You know, when it was time to get a spanking, I didn't like that. But I did like the fact that I could choose the switch and not her. Yeah. And uh, then a day came where I didn't think it hurt that much, so I broke it over my knee, and boy, I should have never done that. I should have taken my switching every time. But then she said, oh, you, you're a little big for your britches, son. You're going to get grounded from now on. And so that was worse. It didn't hurt on the outside, but it hurt on the inside a little bit more. But uh, anyway, the, the love of my mother. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. She said, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside until I finish cleaning. She taught me re religion. You better pray that will come out of the carpet. Y'all aren't laughing too much, are you? I never do jokes very good. I don't know why. I, I'm funnier when I stumble into it, you know. But I'll do a couple more. My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. My mother taught me logic. Because I said so, that's why. 
And my mother taught me more logic. If you fall out of your swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. Anyway, those are just a few tidbits about my mom. Uh, won't you go to First Peter, chapter, you can look on the screen, chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. And I got my little light here that Chelsea got me for my birthday. Because these lights, we got to do a little electrical work. Because these lights are starting to not ground properly. And they buzz in the speakers. So, anyway, you wonder why certain things are going on. After you've been in a building for a while, this is our 12th year here, little things start happening. I actually got a couple birds living in the fellowship hall right now. They snuck into the corner somehow, and I think one of them built a nest. I got in there the other day, and I opened the side door, and I turned the lights off because that way they would only see the light to get out. Well, I walked around, that thing come buzzing. Wow! I said, you better watch it, and wow! It just came right over my head. It would not go out that door for anything. I started yelling at it. I said, now you need to get out of this room. And whew, and you know, I hate to say it, we're going to have to clean two or three tables in there. It was trying to bomb me. And I didn't have a hat on, so that wouldn't have been very pleasant. But anyway, I want to talk about a mother's heart. How many know mothers are such special people? I tease Lois, I call her the love bug. She just oozes with love for people. And everywhere I would see Lois about town, she used to be over the kitchen out at, what they call that place? Out there? Town and country? And it turned into something else and something else. But anyway, town and country. And she, they named a burger after her, the Lois Burger. But she made the best fried chicken. I tell you what, her husband Gail and I would play golf, and we would run over there for lunch after. And she would lay it out there for us. I mean, you if you left hungry, that was your fault. It wasn't her fault. But what a great lady she is. Just so many. And just I could mention many of you that are here today, how wonderful you are and how loving and kind you are, and you care about your families. That's what's so tremendous. I got to do Derek and Sarah's wedding right here in front, and lo and behold, now they have three kids. And Derek, you haven't lost any hair yet. That's amazing to me. After four, you might look like this. Yeah. Uh -huh. Three is good. All right. But anyway... We're going to talk about a mother's heart today. And 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3 and 4 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God now I want you to notice it didn't say 
ladies that you couldn't wear fine apparel. It didn't say you couldn't look beautiful or wear jewelry. You know, I think it's nice when a lady dresses up. And my wife, when she dresses up, we go out to eat or something, and people always go, but ma'am, your hair is so beautiful. They, they just walk up and say, you're such a beautiful lady. And I'm kind of like, I did such a fine job of choosing my wife. And when she's not around, I say, well, you know, it didn't take me long. It's only been almost 38 years, and she's finally trained. But then I'm afraid I'm going to get whacked upside the head. No, I'm just teasing. My wife is such a servant. She loves people. She's been working at SEMO Behavioral Health now for eight years. And you know what? She loves her clients. And her clients know it. She's got some that will tell them down there, if we can't see Lucia, we're not coming to the appointment. That kind of puts her in a situation, you know. It could make the other workers a little bit jealous. But they always would say, and some have been to church at times, they would always say, we know Miss Lucia really cares about us. And she started working probably when Chelsea was about the 11th grade, something like that, or 10th, because, you know, it takes a lot of money to get kids prom dresses, and, and they drive cars after a while, and, you know, and it just... It just takes a lot. I'd be very wealthy today if I didn't spend all my money on children. But then I wouldn't be as happy because now I'm not only enjoying my kids, I'm enjoying their children, which is grandkids. And how fun is that? But my wife, she has those hidden secrets in her heart. My mother was that way. I remember I got kicked out of the band in high school because I was going to baseball practice and the band director thought it was more important to go to band practice after school than to go to baseball practice. And I tell you what, my mother was so gentle and quiet most of the time with people, but she went down and saw the principal. And the principal called me in and he said, your mother's telling me something here, and, and we have to get the band director down here. He just didn't want me to come back into the band after the third quarter because they were having a concert deal, and the, he was wanting to practice after school every day. Well, I was trying to make the baseball team. I was in the 10th grade, and I hadn't made the baseball team yet. But my mother went down there and said, my son should not be kicked out of the band. And they got the band director in there. And I'm telling you what, my mother became a bulldog at that moment. And you know what that band director said? I didn't say his name because, you know, it, it's not fair to use people's names. But uh, he said, well, he can come back into the band now if he wants to. But I didn't go back in. I, I felt bad. So I went and took a little bit of algebra again. 
which I'd already taken it once, and I didn't learn any more the second time than I learned the first time. But anyway, I took it anyhow. But mothers stand up for their children if they have the right spirit. The spirit of God will rise up in a woman, and she will go to bed. Remember Moses, when he was uh, put in the basket because they were going to kill all the male babies? You know, and, and she said to the sister, put him in the basket and put him in the Nile, and you watch. And so you know that story, how they watched. And then Pharaoh's daughter saw him, such a beautiful little boy. And so she decided she wanted to keep And then Zipporah, I think was her name, the sister went and said, well, I know a Hebrew woman that can take care of this baby, and it was Moses' own mother. I tell you, God's always got a plan. He really does. But Peter was writing about how important it was for women to not just look good on the outside, but to look good on the inside and to have those hidden qualities that come out in their character and in the way that they act. So it's very important. And uh, let's read out of Proverbs 31 here, just a about three verses. I won't read the whole chapter. But this is talking about a virtuous woman. But in verse 10 it says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. I don't know what rubies are worth, but they're red gemstones that are very beautiful, and they've got to be very valuable. It was said that a virtuous wife is worth more than fancy jewelry and then let's look at verse 28 and 29 it says her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her many daughters have done well but you excel them all did I say 29 and 30 also but no that's good but you excel them all a virtuous wife, a virtuous woman, a virtuous mother always is better than anybody else to their children and to their husbands. That's why I met my wife and she had just come to know the Lord the very week that I met her. And I was already a youth pastor in the church. I was a school teacher. I was a coach in the Christian school and I thought well I'm going to meet somebody they've been in the Lord for a long time and we'll have a glorious ministry and then the Lord brings this cute little girl my way with curls I, I chucked that other idea right out the window but I met her she came to the church gave her heart to the Lord and she quit smoking quit drinking the Lord delivered her from that and because, see, I made up my mind, I'm not putting anybody down here if you smoke, but I would never as a pastor have dated a woman who smoked because I wanted to have a standard of showing people what they can be, you know, with not having the substances in their lives, whether it's nicotine or alcohol or some kind of drugs or whatever. And... God delivered her for me 
She was a gift. And she's been a gift my whole rest of my life. And so what a blessing that was, Nelson, to have a woman of God. And she excelled. The very first thing I did for her is I gave her several of my praise and worship cassette tapes and a cassette player. They didn't even have CDs yet. And I gave them to her. She worked in a poster gallery on Bourbon Street. She sold posters of fancy cars and plantation homes and all these neat posters that you would frame and put in your house, the New Orleans skyline, that kind of thing. And she had people coming in and out. And she would have that praise and music going all day long. And then one of the next gifts that I gave her was a one-year Bible when they first came out. So she would read the one-year Bible through every year. And this has been 38 years now. So she has read the Bible through every year. She knows the Word of God. And I challenge you today that if you want to walk that people respect and they see God's love and peace and joy in your life, get you a one-year Bible. It only takes 15 minutes a day. But my wife, she has notebooks full of her notes she takes every morning as she studies the Word. Then I start giving her resources, you know, uh, concordances and things like that. And then other types of Bibles. And, and she just kept growing and growing. And yet she never puts herself up to, like, preach or teach. And uh, so neat. Chelsea and John here are taking ministry classes now. And they said, yeah, we want to take two the next time. That's a, a testament to your teaching, Pastor Kathy. And uh, Chelsea asked her one day, said, well, do you, do you ever take any of the classes? She said, no, I've never taken any of the classes. And I'll tell you why, because she had four children that she was raising and taking care of and doing their laundry and taking them to doctor's appointments. And, you know, she had her own little daycare, and then it turned into her own little school, you know, that she would take care of her family. And she'd take care of me as I would go from morning till night. I mean, when I was building a church in South Florida, I was working 100 hours a week. I'd come home, jump in the swimming pool with the kids and have fun, you know, they'd always say, Daddy's home, because Daddy had fun with them, and then Mama had the wooden spoon when she needed to apply it to the seed of learning, you know. But uh, she also taught them manners, and she taught them how to uh, speak correctly and say yes, sir, and no, sir, and such as that. Uh, that's my wife, you know. She was a great mother. And now I watch my children's children and how they take care of their kids and how they're learning. And I'll ask Judah sometimes certain things. He'll say, yes, he speaks like such a big little man. You know? And he'll say, mommy's tummy, mommy's tummy. You know, instead of mommy's coming, he can't pronounce it real well just yet. But you know, he just jabbers away. He's learned a lot 
from the one who learned from the grandma. It's something. Every one of y'all are very valuable in the kingdom of God. And men, your day's coming, so it's not that you're not important. But I'll tell you right now, a child's personality is formed primarily the first four years of their existence. Uh, I almost had a major in psychology. I almost stumbled into that one, just trying to learn some stuff, and I took so many classes. I graduated with uh, almost a year's worth of classes because I changed my major three times. If you do that, you have to take a lot more classes. But uh, anyway, I learned that in uh, child psychology that children learn and they become who they are primarily the first four or five years of their lives. And they get that mostly from their mother. Oh, they get things from their daddy too. you look at my kids, they all kind of stand like me. They rock back and forth in the music. I do that. I got the music in me. But they kind of rock in the praise and worship like I do, like this. I feel like a pendulum on a clock sometimes, rocking back and forth. But, you know, there's so much that can be learned by studying, but most of what we learn we don't even realize how we learned it all together. We learned it from those who brought us up. And mamas were a very big part of that. Mamas really love their kids. They really go to bat for their kids. So I'm going to give you a statement here. A woman of God looks as good on the inside as she tries to look on the outside. She's a gentle and quiet spirit. She is more valuable than rubies. That's what we've studied so far. And here's a question. Well, who can find a virtuous woman, wife, or mother? Who can find them? Well, I'm going to give you some quick points. Number one, a woman of God, a great mother, a great woman of God has faith. She loves Jesus with all her heart. That's a description of my mom and of my wife. My mom loved church. She just loved church. That's the biggest disappointment she had when she became more immobile was that she really couldn't get out and go to church. My sister is a great sister, but she's a great mother also and a great woman of God. And she would go pick her up. She had that little lightweight wheelchair, you know, that looked like you would jog with it almost, you know, big wheels. And and, uh, she would bring my mom and Ken, Stephanie, they would bring my Aunt Dorothy, and they would sit back there on the back row together. And they loved church. And uh, my mom loved music. She would still go in in the closing months of her life down to the, the open area there I started to say fellowship hall but I guess you could call it that over at the nursing home but she would go there and sit at the piano in her wheelchair and she would still play some of the old hymns and the people you know sitting there would just kind of like flowers they would just blossom up they loved it the nurses loved it and she would do that because that was her worship 
as her way of worship. Every time I went to see her, I shared this at her memorial service, we would sing a song, If You Believe. And Carol, if she was there, we would sing it together. This was her favorite song that she sang with my dad. She would play the accordion or the piano. They had the McAnulty Quartet back in the 40s, and she would play the piano for the McAnulty Quartet. But uh, I imagine she's playing up in heaven, and they're all singing again. Got back a reunion tour in the heavenlies. But if you believe, it was by a guy named Mosey Lister. I don't know if you all remember the Listers. But uh, one verse that I read about how Paul and Silas were in jail and no one there, nobody there could go their bail. But when they prayed, they found that God was on their side. That jailhouse door swung open wide. And then the chorus was, if you believe, and then there was an echo. And my mom would sing the echo. I'd sing, if you believe, and she'd say, if you believe, you shall receive, you shall receive. Because, see, she sang the harmony with my dad when they sang together. She would sing the alto part. My dad would sing the lead. And so... There's not a trouble or care the good Lord can't relieve. Oh, he is just the same today. All you have to do is trust and pray. Believe. You must believe. And that was the essence of her life. She believed. She had faith. A woman of God has faith because she has a relationship with Jesus Christ. The second thing is marriage. She is a faithful bride. And so when you get married, you know, that woman of God is a faithful bride to her husband. You know, uh, my wife always asks me, what are you going to wear? I picked out a shirt yesterday and I hung it up. She's going to iron it. She said, honey, put this on. You know, I lost weight and then somehow I found some of it. I don't know how it came back on me like that. But I put that shirt on. She said, honey, that's too tight. Take that shirt off right now. So I took it off. She said, why don't you wear this one? And that's the one I've got on now. And she ironed it. And, and she thought it looked better. You know, so anyway, marriage. She's a faithful bride. The third thing is mothering. She's a great supporter and blessing to her children. She's a great supporter and a blessing to her children. And then health. She takes care of her own body, soul, and spirit. She's concerned about her own wellness. My wife used to walk from the top of our hill all the way down around where the flea markets are, just off T Highway, all the way back to the dead end, all the way back around, and all the way back up and to our house. Now that's a good little jaunt. I don't know how far that is, maybe three miles. But she would walk no matter how hot it was because she wanted to be healthy. She watches what she eats. She watches how much she eats. And she eats the right stuff. Now, I said, I know you probably don't want me to eat this piece of candy. She said, you're a grown man. 
I'm not going to tell you. I said, uh, well, just because you won't tell me, I don't know. You know, it doesn't feel so hot after all, you're not telling me. I wish you would tell me. But no, she's not a controlling wife. She's not a controlling mother, although if she needed to discipline the kids, she would. The fifth thing is service. She ministers to others with loving kindness. And that's a good wife and mother will minister with loving kindness because they care about people. She's very kind. Sometimes being more prophetic, I'm more black and white how things are. And some people don't understand me sometimes because I just tell them what I believe the truth is. And my wife will take her time and will talk. And it, you know, if she hits you with the truth, it's like she's got on a pair of gloves that are soft. Mine's a little more, hmm. I wish I hadn't said that so directly. Sometimes people don't like me because I'm very direct. But my wife has a way of ministering to others that doesn't hurt as bad. You know, and I don't try to hurt people, but I just, I was raised by a mother that taught me never to lie, never to cheat, never to steal. Some of the basics in life. And so, the sixth thing is stewardship. She takes care of her own gifts and her own resources. And so, you know, when my wife makes spaghetti casserole, Oh, there she is. I'm talking about you, honey. She'll make Chelsea and myself uh, a platter that is gluten-free because we're kind of don't need to be eating gluten. Makes her feel bad. Makes me look bad. <laughs> but anyway, she'll go the trouble and make the rest of the family the regular spaghetti casserole, make us the gluten-free. She goes that extra mile. She's got a lot of loving kindness, but she has good stewardship also. And, you know, she wraps things up, puts it in the fridge for leftovers and so on. She takes care of her home. She can't ever sit down. I feel guilty sometimes because she's always bebopping all over the house. I say, honey, won't you sit down? She said, I feel better if I'm cleaning my house and taking care of things. I say, okay, well, don't get mad at me if I'm sitting in my chair a little bit here. She says, honey, you just go right ahead. When she sits in the chair next to me, Sister Janet, you know what? She takes a nap, and I know why, because she is all over the house before she sits down. And, and maybe there's something exciting on TV, and I'll go, yeah, and she jumps in her chair. You woke me up. I said, well, I didn't know you were asleep, honey, I'm sorry. But she's a good steward in her household. Industry. How many know that a good mother, a good woman of God is industrious? If you go read Proverbs 31, you'll find a whole bunch of illustrations there about what a virtuous woman is about. But she works well with her hands for the good. You know, sometimes... She sews buttons. Sometimes she sews up a rip 
Sometimes, you know, she's doing this and that. She makes these wall hangings out of, she'll go get a, a limb and she'll tie flowers. She'll get them upside down where they dry. And she makes these wall hangings that look pretty. She has Anna's at our house. I keep knocking into it with the door. I'll be glad when Philip and Anna get the bedroom done. They got the handyman working on it. So we can take her her wall hanging. <laughs> but she likes doing that stuff. She's good with her hands. Doing things. You know, Sister Lois used to have the give it away day. She would not have the yard sale. It was just she'd get the tables out, have us all bring our stuff, and we didn't make any money. We just gave it all away. I told her she needs to have another one of those sometime. I bet the people would come in droves to get the stuff. Now they put it on Facebook. There's not as many yard sales as they used to have. But industrious, a good woman of God is industrious. And then number eight, homemaking. She manages her home and her family well. She makes good chocolate chip oatmeal cookies. But she manages her home and her family. I couldn't have raised four kids by myself. It would have been horrendous. I tell you what, it's work to take care of one or two, but four? You know, that was my dream, though, was to have four children. I don't know why. I just wanted a house full. How fun it was most of the time. And then time. She uses her allotted time for her daily tasks. Women are multitaskers. Men, men are like a suitcase. And you throw everything in that one suitcase. Have you all ever noticed that? Women are like they got several bags. You ever buy a set of luggage at the store and you unzip the first one and there's another one. Take it out. Then you unzip that one and there's another one, a little bit smaller. Then you unzip that and then there's a handbag you carry on your shoulder. Well, that's how the ladies are. They can organize and they got all their little bags with everything in it. They know how to keep organized and they stay on target with all these bags and they manage their time and they manage everything well. And so, you know, it, it's really tremendous how they take care of their time. And then the tenth thing is beauty. A woman of God shows her creativity and her godliness. That's her real beauty. That's what Proverbs is talking about. That's what Peter's writings were talking about. I say... My wife's a beautiful woman, but now that I've been her husband for almost 38 years, I can tell you this, she's a lot more beautiful even on the inside than she is on the outside. I look at pictures of my mom when she was young. She was a beautiful girl. When she died at 90, she didn't look like that young girl anymore. And when she smiled, she didn't have all of her teeth perfect, but you could see the essence 
of the character of Jesus Christ come out of that. And that was much more important. That's more enduring than anything else. So what am I telling you today? I'm telling you that the essence of a godly woman is in that she has godly character. That she shows her love. And what a tremendous blessing that is. And I even thought about having one of the ladies share this message today, but I felt led that I needed to share it to brag on godly mothers. There's just nothing like it. Have a godly mom, a godly grandmother. And you know what? It's never too late. I want you to bow your heads briefly with me today. I'm just going to ask you a quick question. And I, I want to tell you, sometimes some people don't have godly parents. They didn't have a godly mother, maybe a father. Sometimes there's a void. But you know what? When you have a church and a family as a Christian, God can help make up the difference. I had some great mentors that spoke into my life that believed in me. And I had some great cheerleaders. My mom was my best cheerleader. She rooted me on in everything. She never told me I was bad at anything. She loved it when she could hear me preach. But it's never too late to be a good influence with your life. So I just want to ask, how do you feel today? Are you suffering? Maybe you didn't have what I had growing up and what I've had in my marriage. I've been very blessed in that way. But you want your heart to be healed. Just put your hand up and back down if that's you. You want a healed heart today. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Because God can heal your heart. He can minister to your life. And I'm going to pray for you. Lord, these that raised their hands today, they didn't have what I had. But I pray that you will touch them. That you will touch them. That you'll minister to the hurt in their hearts today. Maybe they had a good home. Maybe they had a good mother. But they still were lacking in some way. Sometimes a mom has to work because they're single parent and they can't be there for everything and so there's, there's hurt still and suffering still and some people suffer for their parents you know, because of damaged situations and circumstances. And Father, I ask you to just minister to their hearts today. Help them have a healing in their hearts and help them if they've got feelings against anybody to forgive. And I ask you to help them forgive because there's nothing worse than having anger and resentment that sticks to us like a piece of gum on the bottom of a shoe. And we just can't seem to get rid of it. But I ask you to help them to get rid of any unforgiveness, any anger, and realize life is short. 
And I ask you to open up opportunity for them to be blessed and to have the love of God as the key in their hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me today? It's a little different than our normal sermons and messages, but this is a unique day. And if you can, I encourage you to go spend time. If you have a mother, some of us too old, you know, I'm 64, and my mom's gone. I have one aunt, my uncle's wife, that is now the only person in that category that we can look up to. And I want to make a difference in her life, too. So you know what? I'm going to take her to a St. Louis Cardinal baseball game. She loves baseball. She watches every game on TV. And I told her one day, I said, do you want to go to the baseball game? She says, I can go to a baseball game? I said, you sure can. I'll take you. And so my brother and I, I don't know if Pastor Ken can go, but if we can, we're going to take her to a baseball game. She said, I'll get my hat. Her niece bought her a, a shirt to wear. She said, I'll have my sunblock. I said, good. And we'll buy some souvenirs. We'll eat some brats up there. And, you know, that's important. No matter how much they cost, you got to eat at least one. And uh, I said, maybe we can catch a foul ball for you. Who knows? I'll try to get a seat where at least the ball can come over that way. Just pray it doesn't hit her in the head or anything. That'd be terrible. But anyway, you can do something for somebody because she had no kids, see? She told us at my uncle's memorial. He died at 91. It's almost, well, yeah, almost 92, I guess. And she said when we did the memorial, is that that little mausoleum there at the city cemetery? She said, well, now you are my family. I thought I already was. <laughs> but she said, now you are my family, and you are my kids. You know, so it's been good. Be kind. Be gracious. Care for somebody. You know, if you can't do it for your own, do it for somebody. And let God make up what was empty at some point in your own life. Amen? Well, lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I bless them. I ask you to be with them as they go about their business today. Let them have a great Mother's Day. They are the head, not the tail. They're the blessed and not the cursed. They are the redeemed of the Lord, and they can say so. Let them live this week with great joy, knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And be with them now as they go celebrate and fellowship. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming.